Hello, welcome to Supernatural Stories, the show where you'll hear real stories of the supernatural from real people all across Canada. I'm your host and producer of the show, Cal Goodbaum, broadcasting from Rocking Chair Studio in Toronto. Hope you enjoy the show wherever you are. Thanks for listening, leaving a review on iTunes and Facebook and wherever, and sharing the show with your friends. Apologies for my delay in bringing this episode to you. The way I make this show is I try and gather the stories over the course of the year about all sorts of different supernatural themes. Doppelgangers, psychics, Bigfoot, etc. Sometimes I'll have an episode all planned out, but then I find out that I'll be talking more in depth with someone else about that topic in the future, so I'll delay it. Or sometimes things will be all set up until the interview falls through. I'd rather put out the best show I can, so if it means waiting, that's better than just pumping out podcasts. You see, there have been numerous podcasts about the paranormal over the years, and I've noticed that many of them run out of new content and start going into other topics, like conspiracy theories, politics, fictional stories, etc. I'm trying to keep this show pure as being focused on real stories of the supernatural in Canada. In order to reach more people and get new stories, I pay a bit for advertising. Literally a dollar spent on the post could make the difference between thousands of people seeing it or not, and I've managed to get by with just a dollar here, a dollar there. Thank you to those who have contributed to this, so I'm not scraping the bottom of the barrel. Thanks especially to the latest contribution from Lauren. I'll be pushing ahead to find some new stories for upcoming episodes, so stay patient and have a listen to some of the 32 episodes that are there. There are some interesting stories in each one. No matter what though, much to my surprise, one topic there doesn't seem to be a shortage of is haunted houses. Haunted schools, haunted theaters, haunted parks, you get the idea. The first storyteller Barb got in touch with me after I made a post on the Facebook group Weird Toronto looking for local haunted houses. I'm still hoping to follow up with her daughter and get her side of these stories and more. First Barb told me about Patrick the Ghost. I'm in a very, it's, it's a wonderful little neighborhood in Mimico. I love this place. I've been here for, uh, this December was 11 years. I just, I absolutely love the neighborhood, the apartment, my ghost. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me, um, there's a ghost there? We we actually do have one fella in, in my unit. We call him Patrick. We're not sure why. Uh, they warned me about him when I came to look at the apartment. The property management said, "You have there's already a tenant living here. He won't leave. I mean, they were kind of joking around about it, but yeah, he's definitely here. The girl that showed me the apartment just said, people that live here before have said that there's another tenant who is refusing to leave. Because she didn't know how I felt about it, I guess, right? A lot of people just look at you like you're nuts. Partly because of the silly TV shows that a lot of people, you know, they debunk them and, you know, this show's fake and whatever, but there's reality in everything. So tell me about Patrick. What kind of activity has been picked up? Patrick, when we first moved in, it was my son and I moved in here. He was uh, 15 and the closet door would keep opening just a little bit. And, we, you know, it's like, okay, well, it's the wind, it's whatever. Uh, but it bothered my son. And it, it kind of freaked me out a little bit, too, because they had told us, told me, you know, 
that there, this guy lives there. So we put started putting very heavy things in front of the door, the closet door, and it would still open just a little bit. And then according to ghost hunters, I sat down and said, look, you live here. I live here. You know, I'm not leaving. So deal with it. You're welcome to stay, whatever, whatever. A couple of times a year, the closet door will open up a little bit. You sort of feel, a, you know, if you're sitting, your eyes are closed, you know somebody's in the room. That kind of thing. It's like maybe he's sitting on the couch across from me or something. I don't know. Every now and then, something will just sort of shut cupboard doors, closet doors. Uh, one night, I still think there's probably a different explanation for it, but I was just being silly and I said, look, if you're here, turn the light on. Because I have one of those touch lights. And it turned on. Again, you know, it could have been one of the cats behind me that I didn't see, or if it was kind of freaky timing, but... Um, he's here. I mean, I, you're, I'm, we're all aware of him. My boyfriend comes in. He's aware of him. He's the one who gave us the name Patrick. He just said, I think his name is Patrick. And he was a little bit freaked out. So I don't know if maybe he whispered it to him or something. <laughs> Ravi has had several times his head. He's very sensitive to these type of things, too. There's supposedly the ghost, a ghost of a little boy who drowned... Uh, Went down by the at the bottom of Superior before this was all developed. And Ravi and I used to go on walks, and there was a couple of times he'd stop and say, like, do you hear that? Like, no, and he goes, it sounds like a kid in the water. Like, I don't hear anything. And he didn't even know about the story. This whole area, it used to be a sanitarium where Humber is now, but there seems to be a lot of invisible people around here this sounds more like someone who was a former tenant who's there patrick has definitely been a former tenant and we think i mean this was this the off well it's different property management now and they want to talk about anything but um we think maybe he hung himself in the closet because activity is all in the closet has all to do with the closet Occasionally, one of the kitchen cupboards will open up a little bit or close if I leave them open. But it's usually all to do with the closet right in front of the doorway. The kitchen cupboards, it could be the cats. If they're anything like my cats, then they go exploring. <laughs> it could be, but it's not likely. Dave is too old and fat to jump up. I'll put something down and then find it and go, oh, shit, how did I get there? Patrick, are you up to your tricks again? Barb had quite a few stories to share with me. You might remember a few episodes ago her story about the appearance of the Cardinals, which she shared in the episode on supernatural animal stories. Go back and listen if you haven't. If you've ever walked in a park late at night, you might have gotten spooked out pretty easily. But what if your local park were haunted? You know, sometimes just you see something and you're not sure. Did I see it? Did I not? We were out. We have a playground at the bottom of our street. It was quite late at night, maybe two or three in the morning, a few summers ago, and my daughter and her friend and a neighbor were out having a beer in the park. (laughs) I saw what looked like a misty man, like a misty, 
human figure coming across the park and it's like okay i have had a beer so i look and did a double take and at the same time my neighbor said did you just see him and i said i yeah and he said i see him all the time he um wanders up and down along the the front of our little complex and the park now i've only ever seen him the once but the neighbor there says he's seen him a couple of times and we both saw him at the same time that night it was like both of us spotted him instantly at the same time it's like that kind of i mean i still get freaked out when i see them i'm just not afraid well see now natalie and i this is a very very sad one she didn't see it but she felt it we had a few years ago there was a a beautiful young girl was murdered um she was an escort and the fellow that did it was my neighbor around the corner this is what i said about murder follows me everywhere i go somebody ends up getting murdered but yeah this young this this i think she was like 20 or 21 uh year old woman was was murdered and they they arrested him and and put him in jail and and such but one night uh my daughter and I were sitting in my room and I was working on I was crocheting something and she was just sitting there chatting in the chair and I saw it looked female there it didn't look like a person but it just it looked female it felt female just quickly moved behind her and at the same exact moment that it was behind her she shivered and she is like that's weird and i was like you know what you i just this i just saw this and we saw her a couple of times coming from the direction of the the fellow that killed her coming from his apartment right through it's like she was running away I don't know that for sure of course but um at the exact moment that I saw this figure go behind her you know sat there and shivered and she can tell you about that one yeah I'll have to ask her I don't see her if it was her I don't see her anymore maybe she's found her peace and gone on or whatever happens If you have your own ghost story or haunted house park school hospital story get in touch by going to www.supernaturalstories.ca or sending a message to supernatural stories canada at gmail.com that's supernatural stories canada all one word at gmail.com the next returned storyteller peter ren is the president of the vancouver paranormal society a researcher with numerous experiences of the paranormal he shared quite a few haunted house stories with me which i'm glad to finally share with you I mean, I've been in situations before where it has got hostile and you, you're kind of like, okay, that's, that's quick now and walk away kind of thing. Where was that? There's one location I can't disclose, but that was in Canada. There's another place in England. It's just before I emigrated, actually. 
we were investigating an old barn and was in there with a local reporter. He was a total non-believer, but then he started provoking. And uh, this barn had history of, um, you know, negativity in there and stuff like that, and things happening and stuff like that. So we all kind of warmed back and uh, it finally said something. Out of nowhere, now I say out of nowhere because I wasn't even looking at it that way. At the time, a piece of wood came over and hit him in the side of the head. Consequently, he ran out of that barn and got into his car and drove off. I'm speechless. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> It was, in, it was impossible for anyone that there was, there was about four or five of us up in the loft hatch mm. and the way the, the piece of wood hit him and where it came from there's no way that it could hit him at that angle like all, all I heard was a thud of that hit his head but it was a big thud and then the, the piece of wood hit in the side of the rafters and uh, then you know him running away and holding his head kind of thing but Evidently, a few years later, that place has been demolished. Good idea. Most barns (laughs) are falling over anyways. If they're haunted, all the more reason. It backed onto an old pub as well. So it was always kind of convenient for people that had a few beers to go out the back and, you know, just try and stir some shit up in the barn. Oh, (laughs) the poor ghost. All those drunken, noisy people (laughs) coming in. No wonder it wanted to to enact some revenge. Yeah, totally, totally. So when you determine that a place, and like obviously some of these are people's private houses, that a place is haunted and you can't find a explanation, do people just move or? Right, first of all, we can't. We can never turn around and say to a woman, sorry, a client, that their place is haunted. We're not qualified to do so. Okay. You know, I don't think there isn't anyone on the planet that can turn around and say that your place is haunted and certify a place is haunted. It's just ridiculous because we, we're all students at this field. There's no, you know, there's no expert or anything like that. Generally, when we go to a lot in investigation and there is activity in there, and obviously the client's first reaction is fear because it's the unknown. Whatever's there is not going to harm them or anything like that. But alternatively, if it does get worse, we teach them to try and teach whatever's their boundaries. Then they are taking back in charge of whatever's there. It's kind of mind over matter. You earlier, you had almost sounded like a Freudian slip. Would you say that the real majority of your clients are female? Good question. Yes, and... I have a theory on that because, well, uh, I think women are more sensitive to things. Like, uh, if you look at my team, we have 16 investigators up and down BC. The majority of them are female. Not because they're they're psychics or stuff like that, but they're six cents about them. It's the same with the clients as well. The majority of clients who reach out to us are female. And I believe that they have more intuition like that than what guys do. Because guys, guys mentality, nine times out of ten, it's not there. If it's not there, I don't believe it kind of thing. It's not possible. It's not possible, so it couldn't have happened. Yeah, uh, you know, that be a man kind of mentality, and, you know, it's not there. So, you know, 
we don't believe in anything like that because we're men, kind of. Some friends who had an experience happen when they were young, like let's say before 15 or so, and now yeah. they're older and they can look back on it and talk about it because for years they were too afraid to. But what they'll yeah. say before they tell the story, first of all, they'll never tell it on the air. What they'll say before they tell the story is it's not possible anyways. It couldn't have happened, but this is the story as I remember it. Yeah. And it'll always be something that is parallel to other stories that I've heard. It'll have they won't have researched it online, they won't have made it up. It'll have details that correspond with, you know, common experiences that people have. And I'll tell them, Did you know that was a common experience? They won't know. With myself, I had yeah. I've had things happen that I didn't realize happened to everyone until I looked at this broader community on the internet. Like one time I was walking and a coin fell out of the sky in front of us. There was my girlfriend there and there was some stranger walking on the street and we all kind of jumped and freaked out because it had come in an impossible way out of the sky. There was no real place it could have originated from. That's funny. Um, funny you should mention that. About eight years ago, we was investigating a uh, Steveston Harbour, which was basically this first harbour on the west coast of Canada. The harbour area and all these storage containers had history of activity. So we investigated there. Uh, one of the places that had a lot of activity was the office area. We, we were there one day and we were investigating and we packed up and it was back when I used to have DVR cameras and I'm pulling the lid in right my hoodie and all of a sudden I felt like this sharp pain in the back of my neck. So I didn't think anything of it and I carried on and I stood up and I carried on walking and I felt like this tugging in the back of my neck. I thought, that's weird. So I put my hand back to the back of a hoodie and I felt a weight in there. And uh, I pulled it out and there was a three pence piece from Britain in my hoodie. Huh. It just appeared out of nowhere. It's back at my house in, in Kinemau. I used to carry it around me before I got sick. But a three pence piece. And it was like, well... Where can it come from? And I looked up, it, it may have fallen out the ceiling tiles, but the, the ceiling tiles were, you know, fully intact. There was no one around me or anything like that. I can't say it's paranormal, but it was bloody odd. But have you ever read that other people have had this experience of appearing coins? Yeah, it's supposed to represent a new beginning. Now, 3P coin... Just because I don't know how many people will know the value of that. What's that translate to roughly, like a nickel? It was probably worth about five cents. But they went out of circulation probably in the late 60s. <laughs> okay. It would have been the currency because that pole was the gateway to everyone from, you know, China and that, uh, those kind of places. And a lot of people that came back and forth would have been a part of the Commonwealth. Someone at some point would have walked through with that kind of money in their pockets. So how he got from there to the back of my hoodie, I don't know. One of his colleagues at the Vancouver Paranormal Society, or VPS, is Hillary. She had seen posts of mine about the podcast last year and got in touch to share several of her stories, and I've been holding on to this interesting story about a haunted nursing home, waiting for the right opportunity to share it. I know that nursing homes and hospitals must be some of the most haunted locations, if numbers have anything to do with it, not to be too grim about it. So I'm always looking for more stories like this next one from Hillary. 
Okay, so I work in a retirement home where obviously people, residents pass away fairly regularly. The building's been there for about 15 years or so. So, you know, there's definitely some some stuff that goes on there. It's fairly well accepted among the staff that there's a ghost that rides the elevators. They just like randomly open and close and go up and down floors, mostly at night. I work in the laundry room in the basement by myself. And it was just after three o'clock in the morning and the lights flickered in the laundry room. Mm -hmm. And the elevators, they fell down to the basement level. They didn't go down gently, they fell down and dinged like the doors were going to open, but they didn't. And so I took my work phone, because we each carry portable phones at work, and I went to call the girl who was working up on the first floor, but there was no service on the phone. So I went upstairs to go find her. She had no service on her phone. The magnetic locked doors had all let go. This was all within 30 seconds of each other. Only the lights in my laundry room had flickered. The rest of the lights in the building stayed on. So we went to try and call the girl in the locked ward, and the phones were still out of service. They they were out of service for about 10 or 15 minutes. Then they all came back on. I'm just wondering, being as it's a nursing home, do you think anyone's died in the elevator? I don't think so. Like, it's possible that that has happened before I started working there. Just before the lights flickered in the laundry room and stuff, my anxiety skyrocketed. Ah, okay, interesting. And it was like, it was just before it happened. So then that that was what really made me feel weird. I know what you mean, because sometimes yeah. you get that weird icky feeling out of nowhere, like you jump out of nowhere and then something happens. Yeah, yeah, that was what it felt like. It, it felt like it was directed towards me, which was really weird because, like, all I do is I go in, I do the laundry, I clean the basement, and I go home. I don't even really hardly interact with any of the residents. You know, when you hear about something happening in in a funeral home or in a... Sorry, not funeral. Oh, God, that was a bad Freudian slip. In a, <laughs> in, in a retirement home or in a hospital or something, you kind of assume, oh, maybe the spirit of someone who died there is still there. But yeah, yeah. there's really just as much reason to think when something like that happens that there could be another explanation or another spirit who has come to the building or followed you. Right. If a place is haunted, has one or more spirits there, I feel like that then sometimes leads to other spirits finding that place to be a kind of a beacon. People will often go to like known haunted houses and try and perform seances. They'll bring Ouija boards or whatever. You hear many stories about people contacting other kind of random spirits when they're there. So it does make me wonder about that. Okay, so you think that it could be something from elsewhere came there? Could be just as much as something from there. I mean, when you, okay. when you look at haunted houses, you often hear about, you know, the specific people who died there and then yeah. the specific sightings of their spirit where it looks like them or sounds like them. But yeah. I've spoken to several people who have had experience with haunted houses and then they've also had experiences of spirits entering into haunted houses or as well as that things can be brought with objects. So there's all sorts of ways that if there is a spirit that it can kind of come to a space. 
And you've never heard anything like sounds of anything in the building at all, have you? Um, honestly, I usually have headphones in when I'm working. Good call. Because I'm by myself. <laughs> so I don't hear a whole lot. Recently, it was announced that there would be a new Ghostbusters film coming out, directed by Jason Reitman, who directed the films Thank You for Smoking and Juno, the Montreal-born son of the first film's director, Ivan Reitman. Lately, there has been a huge resurgence in the popularity of horror films about ghosts and spirits, instead of just slashers. Not only there, but across the popular media, with Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, even the Marvel films, the most popular news stories being told are ones about the supernatural. These stories go back in some form as long as storytelling exists, and though sometimes it might seem that there is no place for the supernatural in our modern day and age, these stories always have a way of creeping back. They never really go away. This is because there will always be ghosts, and there will always be haunted houses, and as long as we can't talk about the real-life examples, we will write fictional stories to fulfill that desire. But the fact is that these true stories do exist. Why is it believed that it's all made up? For obvious reasons, because our society acts to repress this knowledge being shared. Jobs are on the line, reputations and such. As the month of June draws to a close, I find that there's a parallel to the gay pride movement. In Canada, all non-heterosexuals were repressed, violently, and through corrupt police injustice. Society did its best to react out of fear and try and repress anything it didn't understand, anything that didn't fit a narrow framework. It was only through fighting back physically and through the arts and culture that society was transformed into the current free and open society we have in Canada. In a matter of 25 or so years within my lifetime, that transformation has affected all levels of society to the point where CEOs of the largest corporations can be openly gay, police officers can be out, and no one has to fear violence or their career ending. I hope that as a society, and especially as a multicultural society, Canada is going to be able to accept aspects of the supernatural as part of life and not ostracize those who have experienced and want to share their experiences for the betterment of others. The desire is there to see society shift to that end, and yet the fear of being found out as different is still equally strong. But that said, even as I do that, I promise to remain skeptical and keep asking hard questions. I had a bunch of haunted house stories I've recorded in the last year that I badly, badly want to share with you because they're the kinds of stories that horror films are made out of. But I wasn't able to verify some of the historical details, and until I can talk to co-witnesses, those recordings will stay in the vault. Get in touch if you have your own story to share again by going to www.supernaturalstories.ca or emailing supernaturalstoriescanada at gmail.com. These have all been real stories from real people across Canada. The music featured in this episode was from Unheard Music Concepts with Nowhere Street and Hot Summer, Brainville Desperados with Mikos, The 126ers with Secret Conversations, Mylar Melodies with Hello 6am, and Blue Dot Sessions with On Early Light. The rest were original tracks. Thank you for listening to Supernatural Stories, and thanks for telling your friends about the show and supporting a place for the supernatural in Canada. There isn't another thing like this for people to share these stories, and there won't be unless you support it, so let more people know about it. Get in touch with your true story at www.supernaturalstories.ca. If you'd like to contribute a dollar per month or more to this independent podcast, go to patreon.com slash supernaturalstories. Till next time.